to 7525. This is Felicia. This is Vanessa. Today we are going to talk about cognitive distortions. Really fucked up ways of thinking. Yes. Cognitive distortions, just as it sounds, distorted thinking. So super helpful. I highly recommend it. It makes things so much better, obviously. The most common, at least in the first responder world, I would say is all or nothing thinking mm-hmm. or black and white thinking, we can also call it. So something is all the way or not at all. Something is 100% or it's nothing. You're going to go all out at something or you're not going to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Polarized thinking. It's clean or it's not. It's right or it's wrong. Yes. That's a more common one and probably because in the first responder world you have to be very direct with your thinking and for the most part things are right or wrong at work right you can't walk away from an incident and be like well it's kind of taken care of you guys got this i mean i put a band-aid on it you're you kind of stop bleeding you think you got this under control now that kind of works <laughs> you know that looks okay that's passable <laughs> there's only a little bit of flames left it looks like you have a fire hose you can make that work right that might go out depending on the wind but let's just go yeah fingers crossed those cuffs might be tight enough let's figure it out test it yeah see how this works out for us anyways that black and white thinking is is very common just because of the nature of your job the culture and having to have that direct response to everything the direct approach to everything uh, I th- I would say the issue comes in more so when you go home and you try to be black and white because mm-hmm. home is not black and white. Unfortunately. And okay. chances are you're, yeah, it, it kind of is unfortunate, um, but chances are your spouse is not in that same black and white thinking and kids definitely aren't. No. You ask them a question and they definitely take the scenic route. It's like, did you take out the trash? Well... Sally called me at 7.15 this morning, and then I had to have breakfast, and then I was running mm-hmm. late. Like, it's either yes or no. It's a very simple question, but oftentimes that's not what you get when you're at home, so then you get that frustrated. And the little ones are very um, imaginative. Mm-hmm. There's not just black, white, and gray. There's every color in the world. Kaziah just lost her third tooth, and she thought the um, tooth fairy was going to bring her a uniguinea pig. A uniguinea pig? Well, that's mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah. Yeah, she, and she was so excited. Was it gonna have a like guinea pig with a horn? Yes. Okay. Yes, we had to tell her to not, not think that that's what's gonna happen. Don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> you are not getting a uni guinea pig. <laughs> but at home, things are everywhere and in between. It's typically not. It's going to be this way or this way. You're always working with the perspectives of many others, and if you have kids, especially like I just said, depending on their age. Now you're working with the perspective of a four-year-old that's obsessed with My Little Pony. I don't know how far you're going to get with that one, you know, but if you try to be black and white with a four-year-old, you're probably not going to get far with them. Or they're just not going to like you because you're going to look like a drill sergeant. I was, Maybe I look like a drill sergeant, but sometimes I feel like I need to be very black or white. Like, I will tell my daughter, okay, like, this I love you, this. but those were not your options. Uh-huh. These are your options. Which one do you want? Or I'm going to pick one for you. I do. I do the options. Like you get this or this. It's not Pick what I fucking asked. It's not one. what I asked. Pick one. I want this with this. No. No, 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 no. no. It's not what I asked. <laughs> Fuck. 
Uh, I would not suggest doing that to your spouse. It doesn't work out great. I think it'd be funny to try. Watch what happens. Report back. Yeah. It didn't work out good for me. (laughs) Try to see the in-between, though, especially when you're at home. I know at work that might be the thing you need to do. But when you're at home, when you're with your spouse, when when you're with kids, family, etc., challenging yourself, are you seeing this as an always or nothing type thing? Sorry, an all or nothing type thing? Are you able to see the in-between? Because chances are the people around you are seeing many different perspectives and are you taking that into consideration? Because if you are, you're a lot more likely to be able to stay cool and collected in that situation or even just be able to hear them out. It's a good thing to remember that not just all or nothing or that black or white thinking, but cognitive distortions in general come from like our own thought patterns and typically really deeply held beliefs about ourselves and about the world. And those beliefs get really strong when you're exposed to them every day, like when you go to work. So you might feel like you're 100% right, but your spouse is also feeling the same way about that same situation. And you might both be wrong and you need to find a middle ground on that. But it's hard to come out of that if you don't know you're even engaging in that that thought pattern. So, well, Vanessa already knows about this, but Kyber and I just had a discussion a few days ago. I think the girls should clean their room and make their beds every morning. And he thinks they should do it one day a week. (laughs) You can't see me, but I'm shaking my head because I disagree on this one. But with Kyber, not Felicia. Thank you. Um, we clean every night though. I don't necessarily think the morning, but that's cause, just cause we're rushing out the door. But like at night I like things to be cleaned up and like everybody's going to bed and floors are clean. Yeah. So dishes are put away. we talked a little bit about a compromise and he was saying, well, maybe at night before you get here. Cause I was saying, I don't like to go in the room and say goodnight to them and be like stepping on shit. Okay. Tiny fucking ponies and crap. Well, yeah, it because hurts. what happens is they wake up in Legos, the middle of the night and like, you fucking have to come and save them. And all of a sudden it's a fucking yeah. landmine of toys. Like, no. Yeah. I get so mad. There goes like, my big toe. You know what? Now you have to enjoy this nightmare by yourself. Cause I can't get to you. <laughs> what if there's a fire? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> It's, it's going to be, I, your room's going to be lava. It's going to be melted plastic. How am I going to get to you? Um, <laughs> so we Tiny still, fucking Barbie uh, shoes. Sorry. Okay, and, anyways. And Barbies everywhere, literally. And they're fucking pointy little fingers. Let's stick yes. up like this, make the L shape. Yep. There goes yeah. my toe. There it goes. I hate it. Just lay on I the floor it. and cry. I obviously hate it. <laughs> anyways, we haven't come to a full compromise, but it has been slowly discussed every day is he going to clean their rooms when they're adults are they going to come in is he going to do that for them does he get this vanessa we're talking about cognitive distortions and you're being positive we're talking about compromise i feel like one day (laughs) a week is not compromise (laughs) no no we have not reached the compromise portion yet but we have reached instead of mornings when i'm on my way home they start cleaning i feel like that's good so it's getting better i just i still want seven days a week and he doesn't so general cleaning i'll keep you guys posted maybe you need to like (laughs) mental health him because i was actually reading something that a lot of people with anxiety like hide from all their shit then they get overwhelmed because they have too much to do so then they stop doing it and that's how you become harder um so maybe explain it to them like that like they need to learn how to clean up little messes so they don't turn into hoarders they don't turn into hoarders mental (laughs) mental health disorders do you want them to be rocking back and forth look at you're gonna do this to them do you feel good about yourself as a dad example of all or nothing guys (laughs) (laughs) we're not doing it at all we're creating healthy adults that know how to clean the right way 
So <laughs> obviously I'm not going to use Vanessa for my argument with Kyber, but uh, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on how many days a week I get. Anyways, so uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys all have your versions of this within your home. Maybe asking yourself, are you going black or white here? I also see this a lot of like cleaning or... You know, it's not like somebody says, oh, I cleaned this thing. And then you go and find the little nitpicky thing out of there that they didn't do, like, the way that you wanted it done. You know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, you cleaned, but you didn't do this piece over here. Like, well, now you're just being a dick. And going into a lot of things, black and white things. Cleaning, how you do something Mm -hmm. around the house, how you take care of a task, whatever it is, how you parent, what you do when you watch the kids or take them out just because they're not doing it your way. Like, doesn't oh, you mean it's being done. Order, so it's yeah. wrong. You didn't put them to bed. What? It doesn't mean it's wrong. And I mean, I'm just throwing this out there. I think if if kids were only brought up in one specific way their entire life by one person, those would be some pretty fucking rigid people. Yeah. Right? The more perspectives you throw at a kid as they're growing up, probably the better and the more flexible they're going to be and more successful through their life Mm -hmm. so maybe be happy that your kid gets different perspectives they're learning how to problem solve be adaptive yeah don't make them be a weirdo (laughs) i feel like we're off topic but anyways going back to cognitive distortion so all or nothing is a big one Um, hey that comes from distorted thinking it does people think things need to be a specific way it needs to be their way and the only way Mm mm-hmm that goes back to that all or nothing. And we hear that a lot with parenting. Yeah. Well, he doesn't watch the kids how I want them to be watched. Are they alive and fed? Great. <laughs> Are they taken care of? Are they smiling? It's fine. They're okay. My husband puts my girls in some crazy fucking clothes. I come home I'm like, how many patterns can you fit on one body? <laughs> but they're happy. It's fine. <laughs> they're not going anywhere. Remember cheer tryouts no. when we showed up, how they were dressed? They looked adorable. I just wanted to die inside. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, okay, so let's see. We talked about all or nothing. Another one, I feel like these kind of blend in with each other, but another one that is like we hear of is like overgeneralization. So one little thing goes wrong and then everything fucking is on fire. Everything's bad. It's the whole day's fucked, you know. Mm -hmm. Example I use, you know, is you woke up late and you pour your cup of coffee and then you spill it all over yourself in the car. Then you get in the car and you realize like, oh shit, I don't have gas. And oh, my tire pressure is also low. So overgeneralization kind of looks like exploding things way out of proportion. You take one little negative thing and you explode it into something way worse than it actually is. So, you know, you wake up late in the morning then you pour your cup of coffee and you spill the cup of coffee and then you know what a kid also wakes up sick maybe and then you get in the car and you realize that you forgot to get gas and you have to get gas now and then the tire pressure light comes on so now you realize hey maybe i have a nail on my tire and then you hit every fucking red light down the street on your way to work and you're already late changed on both of our cars right now that sucks so you take one little thing and it goes it just expands into everything and then you're going fuck this day fuck this week fuck this month fuck my life when you get into the fuck my life moments i'm like oh yeah you're you're really doing this i think you're more likely to do this one well just basically any cognitive distortion when you were 
in your emotional side of your brain. It's not logical thinking. So you're also more likely to do cognitive distortions when you're sick, when you're tired, when you've been overworked, when your stress meter is way far over, you know, to the right side of that your keys, dots, and curves. You're amped up and you're going to be more reaction-based, more emotional to things and more likely to slide into one, if not multiple, of those cognitive distortions. I think overgeneralization can happen with people too. You know, you see you see a specific person and you very much overgeneralize with them because things seem to often happen with that person and maybe it's negative things or maybe negative things always happen around that person. Ooh, for example, I have had many clients tell me that they've been named the Grim Reaper at work. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. That overgeneralization. I feel like that's why they end up in our office, but just kidding. <laughs> Kind of. Seriously though, guys, can you stop that? It's actually not healthy. Those guys may laugh, but um, after a while it sinks in and it fucks them up. So let's not do that anymore, please. Self-talk. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's part of that overgeneralization. That's a cognitive distortion. Chances are, would that TC have happened if that person didn't come to work today? Likely. I'm just saying. Would the suicide happen if that person wasn't at work that day? Probably. I think sometimes things just fall into place and you're just kind of there and it's timing and maybe timing sucks. And also, uh, I'm to just saying, generalize that, like, are you raising your chances of get, being the Grim Reaper if you're always saying yes to those shifts? Because I sometimes feel like that correlates to some of my guys. I'm like, well, how yeah, much are you working? always on shift. If you're working seven, six out of seven days a week, well, chances are you're going to be exposed to way more than, say, the person who is working their normal three to four days. So, you know, invalid. <laughs> Yeah. Are. Stop fucking like, working. Oh, we get all the dead babies when he's on. So he's the dead baby guy. Holy fuck. Yeah. Which, which we've heard. I know. Not healthy, guys. Overgeneralizing that and every time that person or every time that uh, call happens around, you know, the group of people that have this um, overgeneralization, everyone's going to say, oh, it is because of this person because you're always saying it. Mm -hmm. And they take it in and it may start as a joke, but over time, it actually really affects those people and they end up in our office. <laughs> yeah. And we hear about it all the time. It's actually not healthy. Starts as a joke, turns out to be not so great because these cognitive distortions, remember it may start out as a joke, but it is a distorted way of thinking. You say it over and over. So in your brain, it's validated. And after a while, it's like, is this real? Like this is really seems to be connecting. We'll start to, your brain will start to find evidence to support that, that yes. thought, that cognitive distortion. So if you're telling me I'm the baby guy, every time you get exposed to a baby death, you're gonna be like, oh, look, there it is. It's just supported even more. And then I think what also ends up happening is we'll talk about later. Another one is like filtering out. You'll start to filter out all the other calls because your brain's just going, nope, we're just looking for the baby death or we're just looking for this. Even though you may have mm -hmm. went on a bunch of other calls but your brain is going to hold on to the ones that you've basically told it to hold on to exactly what's another common one i would say i feel like they're so on common. the way home on the way home the jumping to conclusions mm -hmm. you know having those arguments with your spouse ahead of time mind reading fortune mind telling reading, yeah unless you have some magical superpower please let me know how you're doing it but you probably yes. can't mind read or fortune tell so not probably you definitely cannot if you think you can i'm just you have a special set of issues <laughs> <laughs> if it makes them feel better whatever <laughs> Okay. I'm all about the positivity. <laughs> that type of stuff. I think it's most common to use this when you're headed home and have that work out that whole conversation you're going to have with your spouse. And by the time you get there, you're already in a bad mood and you walk in and your spouse can tell you're in a bad mood and then off kicks the fight that you've already had and solved in your head. Mm -hmm. I also think that you could do this though, like on the way to work. And I've heard guys do this who have a lot of anxiety or like 
negative feelings about going Mm -hmm. to work. They amp themselves up and quote unquote fortune tell into what their shift is going to be like. So, you know, they have an hour drive and they're going, well, I'm going to see, you know, John over there and he's a fucking dick. And then, you know, oh, what did we hear yesterday? Oh, if that tree lights on fire, it's going to set off 20 acres. Yeah, right. You're you're creating fires, literal um, and uh, (laughs) emotional, uh, (laughs) psychological fires in your brain. Crazy. Hopefully it doesn't happen. But anyways, the point being is all that's doing is dumping unnecessary adrenaline and cortisol into your system. Your system is already going, oh, shit, where you need to be ready for a fight that hasn't even happened Mm -hmm. yet. And then you get to work and your brain is searching for that evidence again to support what you were trying to think about. I have to work with that dumb shit or that fire starts. And John walks in with a fucking coffee and hands it to you and smiles at you and you're more already like mother effing him going, you probably spit in my fucking coffee. And he's like, the fuck? <laughs> I just said hi. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it's definitely sets where you're going to be going if you're fortune telling for the negative. I was about to say, you should walk in and hand me a coffee, but you've done that plenty of times. Mm-hmm. I was just, I was feeding off of <laughs> fake John for a second. <laughs> I think you can turn this into a good thing, though. I, I don't. Maybe not, but I think you can fortune tell into the future. If you know that you're going to be dealing with something negative, you could tell yourself, okay, well, even if this does happen, I have the skills, I'm capable of dealing with this. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying you go full on what if scenarios, but if you do know that you're going to be facing something and you're like, I need to create a plan for this, you know, I'm going to have a couple different plans. Fortune tell in that way, so that way your brain isn't quite caught off guard, but definitely that's a way more positive version of doing this rather than fortune telling all the negative Mm -hmm. shit. And that's definitely different. You're setting yourself up for success at that point. Like Mm -hmm. if you know something's going to go on in your day and that's with cognitive distortions, with anything in your day, if you know something's going to happen in your day, that will likely not be amazing for you and you can set yourself up for success, why not? Mm -hmm. You know, if you know you have to work with somebody that you you don't feel is very pleasant, you know, maybe give yourself some positive self-talk. Maybe you treat yourself. Maybe give your, yes, cupcakes, we do that. Give yourself ideas on how you're going to end a conversation with that person and find some time to sit by yourself. I don't know, search for something, but set yourself up for success. Mm -hmm. There's so many different cognitive distortions. Um, By the way, if you want to have like more reading on this, if you're interested in it, because there's a couple different versions, but like Aaron Beck is a really good guy for this and David Burns, they talk a lot about cognitive distortions. So if you're interested in learning more about it and what your brain is doing and what those actually look like in different examples, I would suggest looking up those ones because I don't want to go through the whole list today. (laughs) And if you go to um, psychologytools.com, they actually have images next to all the cognitive distortions. Oh, cool. Um, Most people say that I've seen sites that say there's 15. Mm -hmm. On average, though, there's there's 10. Yes, they, they all relate. They bleed into each other. And just so you know, because we didn't say this, it is normal to have all 10 of these. I think everyone does them. Uh, it, it doesn't mean it's a good thing. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying like, yay for all of us. Like, I, I think we naturally go into all of these. We're naturally emotional beings. Even if you're not a very emotional person, you have emotions. We all go into all 10 of these cognitive distortions at some point and they bleed into each other. So it's a good thing to check out. But anyways, they have the 10 on psychologytools.com and they actually have pictures next to them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. No, oh, okay. And I like them. Their explanations of the cognitive distortions are brief too. No, even better. Quick hitters. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's like two that I like to mix together, but there's like emotional reasoning and should statement. So basically what emotional reasoning it, reasoning is, is, you know, every, you start to feel like just because you're feeling a certain way that that means that that emotion is actually valid. And I don't want to say necessary because your emotions are definitely necessary, but maybe they're 
not quite accurate or valid for the actual situation. So, you know, for example, I feel like my wife is mad at me, so she must be mad at me. So therefore, I'm going to act as if she's mad at me. And maybe that Mm -hmm. turns you into a dick, for example. Um, Emotions are not facts. Yes, exactly. And that goes into like the should statements, the shoulda, woulda, coulda, I should have done this. If I could have just had this happen, then that wouldn't have happened. Whatever it is, those are very emotional based reasoning. And typically when we are only using emotion to make decisions or to interpret situations, it's usually not very accurate. So being careful, I think when it comes to these two, being very careful of what words you are using when you're using self-talk or you're trying to figure out a situation, being careful to not put your brain into the past. So you're, instead of saying, I should have done this, you go, okay, and the next in the future I'm going to do this instead or you know yes I might feel this way right now I might feel like I screwed up but that might not actually be the case and even if I did I could still fix it just don't get yourself sucked in to where your emotions take over and you're not making any good decisions and then you get things like guilt and shame or whatever else that pops up for you I think we've talked about the shoulda woulda couldas too just not in direct relation to cognitive distortions yeah but I think it's good in general and we may have said this before again but to challenge yourself to remove the shoulda woulda coulda from your vocabulary entirely. Control, I think it's a very delete. Difficult, yes. A very difficult challenge, but challenge yourself to remove that. Like, oh, I should have done this. I didn't do this this time because of X, Y, and Z. Next time, I'm going to try and do this, whatever it is. And even if you don't think there's going to be a next time, you can change it into something like, I did the best I could with the skills and knowledge that I had, or whatever it is, but something like that that gives you an ending rather than just letting your brain go into the shoulda, woulda, coulda's and then you feel helpless and hopeless and go into that victim mode. Mm -hmm. Going off of the knowledge and skills you have, we talked about how you gain that over time and then you you get these new these new skills and this new knowledge and you go back and say, Oh, well if I would have if I knew this now, then I could have done or what I should have done back then was this. Mm -hmm. Being careful of not doing that. If you have the knowledge and skills now that you shouldn't have then, reminding yourself of that. Like, oh it okay, that's what that situation was if I would have had this knowledge then. But I didn't, you know, so moving forward, I'm, I'm glad I have this information now. Mm-hmm. Making sure you're not like, oh, this is what I should have done then and this is why I messed that up and this is, I could have helped them here. Yeah. Because we hear that all the time, especially like we talked about it a little bit, but the peer support class. Oh, I should have done this and I could have helped them so much here. And you get information when you get information. And I think people act with whatever they have and you have to remind yourself of that. Yeah, and I hear that when people are like starting to heal too. They have all these new mm-hmm. skills and they're like, why didn't we get this in? And then that pisses them off. And I'm like, no, 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 don't go down that rabbit hole. I could hole. have used this 15 years ago. I wouldn't ago. be fucking sitting here if I had had this information and then you're mad at the department of motherfucking it. Like, no, that's not what, don't do that. It's not going to help your situation. Just go, it mm-hmm. is what it is. Shitty as that sounds, I know people hate when I say that. But sometimes you do have to tell yourself, like, there's nothing I could have done about that. I, You don't know what you don't know. Well, you, and to be honest... Was this information you would have even taken at it. this level 10 to 15 years ago? It wasn't. And I tell no. guys, like, most guys, young guys, wouldn't have taken this in anyways. No. Because you go into the career and you're taught to buck up. You're taught to, this is normal. This is part of the job. Everybody does it. You're and new. You're in the culture. Yeah, you're excited. You're Everything's excited. fast moving. Uh, yeah. You think you're going to come see a therapist for fun and get some tools? Yeah, you're not going to do that. I will say that is more becoming more and more common now, which is awesome. But I think the older guys, I have to kind of but like... But 10, 15 years ago? No. No. It's not not accepted and you probably wouldn't have taken it in even if you gotten it you might have taken some of it in but not to the extent that you are now no and I think mental health is 
becoming more and more accepted in in the first responder world in general the culture is accepting it more and more yeah so you know instead of bashing it for taking it this long to get there or whatever it is or bashing your department for not fully embracing mental health just yet why not be happy with how far it's come and then why not be proud of the knowledge you have or whatever information you've accessed and keep pushing forward with that because that's how change is made change isn't made by sitting around and bitching at a table about it not being here sooner yeah be part of the change because you could sit there and bitch and be angry about it not changing quick enough or you can be that person goes okay well I have this knowledge what can I do to help push it forward and not that you have to go and teach people you're not a therapist you Mm -hmm. know you don't that's not your job but you can do little things here or there that start to change the culture within your station or whatever it is you know instead of watching the news you know at dinner time and have it playing on the background you go no let's let's watch a baseball game instead yeah or when somebody's you know going down that negative rabbit hole and mother effing everybody you know you say something make a funny little joke that maybe redirects them for a second switch up the conversation draw yeah. something positive whatever you can do and going back to the cognitive distortions remember this is very normalized and a lot of people aren't aware that this is distorted ways of thinking mm-hmm. until you learn about it and you go oh shit i do do these things yeah you know so realizing this is a very normal thing i think especially within the culture and in general for everyone so finding ways to untwist that negative thinking and flip the script on people flip the script on yourself and that causes a ripple effect when you yourself are positive and you start changing your own ways of thinking other people are going to notice that and i think it's good to remember too that a lot of these cognitive distortions are like what are called automatic thoughts they just pop up they're ingrained you don't even notice them most Mm -hmm. of the time until like Felicia was saying until you notice and you pay attention and you go oh wait a minute that was kind of fucked up but maybe that isn't so accurate and going into like the positive of this how do you start changing some of those well part of that the first thing is just that awareness you know asking yourself maybe looking at previous situations where you're super pissed off and amped up and going what was I thinking about not just the incident itself but what was your thoughts in response to that thing what were your emotions in response to that that incident that happened and going is there was there a more adaptive response to that was there something that might have worked a little bit better that might have made me feel a little bit better what could you have done instead you also might want to think about what what was leading up to you know that cognitive distortion that you were having not just the incident itself but maybe what happened before that you know did you get enough sleep did you get in a fight with your wife you know did you get a crappy email was there anything that was a precursor for triggering that automatic thought as well Mm -hmm. Because you're going to want to make a plan for those in order to start changing them. I don't think you're going to be able to change these like right in the moment unless you think about them on the back end. You have to put in the work first so that way when they do pop up again, because they will, you go, oh, yeah, that's that thing that I've been working on. Okay, I need to change it. Here's, Here's a better thing to think. And then eventually your brain will start making that change. Yeah, half the battle is awareness. You know, even if you're listening to us talk about these cognitive distortions and you can automatically think of, you know, some normal distortions that you have, I think we all have the common ones we go to. Mm-hmm. I know I do. If those automatically pop up for you and you're like, oh, this is this is something I do, you could start reframing those thoughts and say, okay, that's not right. I could think of it this way, you know, and that might help create more awareness and you might be quicker with those more automatic thoughts Mm -hmm. you could start at it that way Uh, but half the battle is awareness the more you become aware of what you're doing the more apt you are to be able to change it yeah and I think you could ask yourself some general questions like I always go to like what's my evidence for that or am I creating this based off of playing the what if scenario because I'm I'm super good at that Um, but once I spin out I'll be like okay wait a minute 
let's go back to actually what's going on right now. What's my evidence for that? You know, if I think my husband's pissed off at me, I'm like, okay, what did I do today? Was I a jerk? Because I definitely know I can be sometimes. You know, what, what was my evidence for that? Or did I just walk in the door and he was already kind of had this look on his face? Maybe it had nothing to do with me. Maybe the kids were crazy. Maybe he had a crappy day at work. Or if you're starting to feel like you did cause something, Maybe it was a work thing or maybe it was a call that you went to and you're like, this is my fault. Maybe trying to ask yourself, like, what is your actual evidence for what you're feeling right now? Yes. And if you need to wait to cool down yes, cool to look at down. the evidence, then do that. Because I've had guys call me when they get back from a call, try to tell me it's their fault and everything they're saying is completely illogical. They're using that emotional reasoning because they're amped up. Mm-hmm. But they're going, and to them, everything they're saying is true. <laughs> yeah. And that's because their system is so worked up. Remember, if you're really worked up and you're over that Yerkes Dotson curve, you're in emotional reasoning. And to you, in that moment, emotions are facts and nothing else matters. So trying to give yourself that space to actually calm down, let the adrenaline come down, come back to the situation, be able to ask yourself, what is real about this? You know, did I do everything I could? with the resources and the knowledge that I had. Mm -hmm. Did everyone that was there with me, whether it be your colleagues, other responding agencies, did everyone do everything they could? Did we all do everything we could? You know, and that's just kind of where where you have to leave it at. But again, letting your system cool down. And being careful with that one too. Just because I was thinking of a guy I was talking to and he definitely described some things and like that another like helping agency did that he was like, what in the actual fuck? Like, I well, don't understand. And if the other so be careful with that. <laughs> did not do everything they could have done. Making sure you tell yourself well, that's not on you. They're not your fucking agency. Yeah, they're not yours. So did just you do everything you could. Don't leave it there because if you ask yourself that question and you're like, fuck them, yeah, just keep going with it. Don't just stop and be like, you know, get stuck in that either. And I would say it's it's still good to ask that question though because if somebody else did mess up, then somebody else messed up, then there's nothing yeah. you can do about it. You don't control all agencies. Yes. You know, so maybe figuring out where something really happened is a good thing so you don't keep planting it on yourself. Mm -hmm. But going through it all and actually looking at the facts without being so amped up and emotional because then you go into these cognitive distortions and you just melt through the whole fucking list of them in like two seconds. And now the whole call is your fault. Yeah. Or every fight at home, whatever the situation is. Again, and I know we're giving a lot of examples um, for work life, but this applies work life and home life. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're going back to the facts when you're cooled down. And also thinking, they call it thinking in shades of gray, but you know, not everything's zero to 100. Not everything is your fault completely. Not everything is somebody else's fault completely. Sometimes there's just shitty things that happen. So sometimes you have to go, okay, percentages or whatever way you want to think of it. Like, what do I need to take responsibility for? And what is it mine to take responsibility for? Because this isn't like zero to 100% that there is some middle ground sometimes. Thinking about that in your arguments, you know, not not everything was probably your spouse's fault and not everything was your fault either. Where Where is your guys' middle ground? Where do you guys need to take responsibility for things? as an individual rather than just pinning it on there on yourself or maybe completely on the other person which is sometimes can be hard because if you pin it on like one thing then you go I can fix this one thing but sometimes it's a lot of little things that build up I also think that you guys are trained to go either it's done or it's not and sometimes that's not how real life works there is that gray Mm -hmm. area you have to go okay um not everything is a shit show my family is not completely falling apart but maybe some things are not going so great right you know there's little things trying to find the positives where you can rather than just focusing on all the negatives because that's very easy to do but chances are there's also some 
some positives, you've just managed to filter them out. So we've kind of jumped all over the place, but in talking about like, how do you fix these? Again, remembering that they're not, I wanna say there's nothing wrong with them. It's just that they're normal. Everybody's going to have them. They're ingrained in us. They and come from- I don't from, think you're ever gonna completely no. get rid of all of them. It's it's gonna happen. Even as therapists, we still do them. Well, I, I was Absolutely. explaining one the other day and you were like, oh, I don't remember what it was though. It was something with Justin, probably. It, it, there was something actually this morning. No, fuck that. I'm still mad about it. <laughs> oh, see? See, she's still in that one, but nope. This no, is no, no, no. I refuse. <laughs> okay, so she's gonna she's gonna stay there, but this is this is something. Says the girl who that said is at three o'clock this morning. You were thinking about it. Yes, so yes. I'm just saying, don't. Because it is a it is a difficult <laughs> one. We are both stuck on the same one right now. But it is very common. I think regardless of how much you work on it or how much you know about it, it's going to happen because you have emotions and some things are harder to get out of than others. Emotions are bad. Especially (laughs) when a specific thing makes you very emotional. Then you really get stuck in it. When someone really pisses you off or you feel like somebody fucking betrayed you. (laughs) you know, then yeah, you get really stuck there and it's hard to take some of those emotions out of the situation, not all of them, but to a healthy extent to be able to look at the situation more broadly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, cognitive distortions are difficult. They're always going to happen. You're never going to completely rid yourself of it. So that's not at all what we're trying to to tell anyone to do. Yeah, because it's not realistic. But working on them is helpful for you and, and those around you. And bottom line, when you work on those cognitive distortions and you're aware of them, you're going to feel better. Mm -hmm. A big thing to remember when you're trying to fight these is you guys are taught to not have a whole lot of emotion. You know, you can't go to a call and start crying. So you turn it off and you go very much into your logical brain, but then sometimes your logical brain goes fucking haywire and it brings in really negative emotion. So then, like Mm -hmm. Felicia was saying, you can have a very illogical argument. If you're emotional, it totally makes sense. Like, logically speaking, you're like, yep, this is all my fault and you have all this evidence, but somebody who is way more calm is going that is some fucked up evidence that you've managed to twist like twist around right so you have to have a healthy balance between those emotions and that logic brain there has to be both sides of it you can't just be all logic because that first off that's not even possible you're going to get pissed off at some point in time you're going to be upset at some point in time and if you've been operating too much in that logic space and not giving some space for those emotions that emotion is going to come spilling in whether you want it to or not and then you have no control over it and now you have some like i was saying really stupid fucking arguments um it going around in your brain but yes on the other end of that if you are way too emotional you know it just comes out of nowhere you're watching the spca commercial and you're crying all of a sudden that's not great either because now you're going okay i'm trying to judge this whole situation when my brain is literally fucking stupid i'm fucking shaking little white puppy anyways um you're you remember when you're all emotional things like that you lose like the blood flow and there's changes in your glucose level when it comes to your prefrontal cortex and that's where your smart thinking happens but if that's all gone you're you're really fucking stupid anyway so there needs to be a mix of it it's called like there's like a little venn diagram maybe we'll post it but um it's called like wise mind i think it's kind of cheesy but anyways it's just a good mixture of like emotions validating those things yeah we need to post a picture because it's a good visual it is a good visual picture two circles overlapping by a third (laughs) and in the third little middle part in that overlapping zone is your wise mind one circle is logic i'm like really doing this out with my hands like anyone can see me but one circle is logic one circle is emotional Mm -hmm. those overlap by like a third the overlapping portion is did i say overlapping the no, overlapping 
overlapping portion <laughs> is the wise mind and that's when you are using logical thinking and emotional and your emotions so mm-hmm. blending the two which by the way everyone at home you should mostly be doing because there's people around you that you love and care about and do not think in those black and white terms all the time so if you're only going logical they're going to feel like they're um, being run by a dictatorship <laughs> and no one's going to be happy you are not a drill sergeant at home dang it blend <laughs> Blend in that emotion at home, but making sure you blend that emotion in when you're trying to work out these different things too, like cognitive distortions. Mm -hmm. That and like Vanessa was saying, if you don't find a good balance between this logic and emotion, you're going to be that guy that cries or female, whatever. We're we're lumping you all together, okay? You're going to be that person that cries at every fucking commercial on the drop of a dime. You're going to see a dad walking down the street holding his son's hand and be like, Yeah, and I think figuring (laughs) out how... Yeah, the floodgates. Figuring out how to blend those together means you're going to be more in control of them. I think when you get to that point where you've operated in logic so long and your emotions are there whether you want them or not, they're going to explode at stupid times and they're going to come out. Yeah, your emotions give you a big fuck you. I'm going to take over and I'm going to make sure I get this out. So it's better to go like recognizing like you need to validate and pay attention to your emotions so that way they process through and then you can go back into that more logical side that you're Mm -hmm. used to operating in but in a healthy way so you could go like say you went to a really shitty call like acknowledge that it was shitty acknowledge that at some point in time you probably need to figure out some way to close it out put it away not have cognitive distortions standing there going Yes, this is shitty and so sad. No, okay. not at all. Now I'm going to go take care of it. No, yeah, it, no, don't do that. It can be like you get everything done, you close out the call, you do your paperwork, and then you realize you're sitting around and you have a minute. And then that it's was like, fucking oh, shitty. Okay, that was kind of shitty. Or maybe you go home and you're relaxing and you it pops up and you go, you know what? That is shitty. Mm-hmm. I actually did not like seeing that. I didn't have fun with that. Whatever it was, and I, I know that might sound silly, but sometimes your brain needs that validation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you know the, sh- the call was shitty. I'm yeah. not saying, like, you don't know, so you need to repeat it. I know you know that already. I know you, you, know you don't want to see that shit, right? But sometimes your brain needs the validation, you know? Yeah. So saying, yeah, that was shitty. No, well, I did not enjoy that. And I think what ends up... Uh, like come at least what I see is like they know that it's shitty but then that logical side of their brain takes over but not in a good way they start telling themselves like well if so-and-so wouldn't have fucking done that or if I had done this or fuck that drunk driver if he hadn't done that right so you go through that logic but in a negative way versus going something like yeah you know what that was shitty i.e emotion Mm -hmm. but I did the best I could everybody around me did the best I could it's done it's over with that family is where they are going to end up and that's has nothing to do with me anymore Logic, logic right there's very it's a very different mm-hmm. way of doing it you have to have both pieces to be able to first uh, off the, not have go the, home yeah well, that guy sucks but this is my job yeah it's just part of the job yeah and that's leaving too. it there right you need to have both so that way you don't go into those cognitive distortions as often or you don't end up with like nightmares and ptsd and all the fun things that come yes. from and please don't continual. think just because you go home and say wow that was really shitty you know i did that was not a great thing to see i didn't like that I, or I hate child calls. I don't like the way they make me feel, but I'm glad we took care of that call. Mm-hmm. You know, saying that, that stuff doesn't make you a vagina. I hear that all the time. Oh, it's going to, like, I don't want to be weak. It's not about being weak. It's about being human, and you have to let that balance in. This is all about balance. Does mm-hmm. it mean you can't do your job? No, but you need to validate the brain so that it doesn't decide it needs to take over because you're not doing anything for it. Mm-hmm. 
I think I might have said it on this podcast already, but or one of our episodes, but it's like it just stuck with me. And then I found it on a sticky note like two days ago. And it somebody like a first responder had said it to me. And she was like, am I a first responder first or am I a human first? And I'm like, you're a fucking human first. Like, human. You are definitely human first and you're allowed to be human first. And emotions and cognitive distortions and logic, they're all part of that. Mm-hmm. But you guys just block it out or twist it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. This really goes into that self-talk piece of it. What are you telling yourself? Is it helping with those cognitive distortions or is it making it worse? So I would definitely say the number one thing probably to take away from this episode is be very aware of what you're telling yourself and asking yourself, was I in my wise mind or whatever mm-hmm. version of it you need to call it? Where was I operating at? And do I need to maybe change it? Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully this was helpful. We know cognitive distortions is a huge thing. Again, if there's anything you guys would like us to talk about, any questions you guys have that you would like us to answer here on the podcast, on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, please reach out and let us know. We will be glad to answer, give us some ideas, feedback, whatever it is. We still have our giveaway going on too, so like, share, do all the thingies. We appreciate you guys. We did just check our stats the other day and we have a lot of new listens. Yes. Yeah, which is random because we haven't posted anything in a while, but it was we cool. We haven't. Sorry, we are getting back to it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and more tidbits. We did get that request, so we will be posting more stuff that you could guys can just listen to as a cool down, some breathing exercises, whatever it is, but you can just pop on for a few minutes. And, and Felicia glared at me, but I really feel like we might do a live at some point in time, you know, maybe Yay. do like a Q&A or I don't know something yeah. so it's a little more interactive i'm so excited maybe we'll set up like a little like a uh, stop it question drop box kind of thingy so oh, okay. people could put in their questions so we know where to start video. <laughs> the fuck no <laughs> i mean we could stop why okay. not anyways. anyways we need to get off of here before vanessa fucking shares more ideas <laughs> well if i feel like i put them out into thanks the universe, for listening everyone <laughs> cutting me off anyways all right guys have a good week Thanks for listening to 7525. This podcast is in no way affiliated with any other business or entity. As a reminder, this podcast does not take the place of mental health treatment. If you or someone you love is struggling, please contact the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. You can also visit their website at suicideprevention.org. If you are looking for a therapist, you may be able to locate one on psychologytoday.com. You can find us at 75.25 on Instagram or 75 backslash 25 on Facebook. 75 is spelled out, 25 numerical.